I really don't like when new land investors come in and hit the same market with 10,000 mailers their first two months. I think it gives them a lower chance of success. Um, even though they will get deals, um, they might get too attached to one area. And I think it kind of just hurts their growth. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you unlock your potential freedom through land investing, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today's topic, we're discussing how land investing can be done in any market and location. I'm your host, Andrew Apke, joined again by my brother and business partner, Ron Apke. Before we get into the show, let's go over a question from one of our featured Discord members. Today's question is from Alexis. Alexis asked, are there markets you would suggest new investors to stay away from? This is kind of right on topic, Dan, with the uh, topic, I guess, of the episode. Um, in terms of new markets or new investors, I'm not a huge fan of central southern Florida wet areas like that. Um, I think you want to stay out of mountainous areas. Um, just and, and the reason I say all these areas is because you want to make make your mail worth it in terms of you don't want to send 1500 mailers and 400 of them are wet or 400 of them are unbuildable because of slope. You want to be as efficient with your mail as possible at first. Um, I would probably stay away from hotter markets where five acres is selling for two, $300,000. But other than that, like we're going to talk about this episode, this can be done anywhere. Absolutely. And that leads us to the topic of today's show, how land investing can be done in any market. And I want to start by saying how I feel like 80% of land investors out there are kind of focused in one or two or just a couple of different markets, Ron. And that's really the topic of this is we've seen so many people congested into so many different specific areas, Ron, that I feel like there's so there's so much more land and opportunity out there for different markets to explore. And we're going to get into that more in this show. But do you kind of agree with that topic, Ron, how a lot of land investors are kind of centralized over just a few different markets, really? Yeah, I think it's kind of a followers thing. Like a lot of people are following other successful land investors into markets or other people who they see are getting deals into markets and then whatever, then then a group of people do that and then it becomes difficult to get deals there. The people that I talk to on a daily, weekly basis who are extremely successful are people who go against the grain. I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but yeah, 100% agree, Dan. Real quick, guys, you know that I don't run any ads on this, so the only ask I can ever have with you guys is to help me spread the word so that we can help more real estate entrepreneurs make more money, help feed their families, and help achieve more freedom in their life. The only way we can do this is if you could rate, review, and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is if you could just leave a review, it would take only 10 seconds. It would mean the world to Ron and I, but more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. That kind of leads me, Ron, to my next question of those saturated markets. People are still getting deals there, but we do hear the topic a lot like, you know, if people get multiple mails or letters or text or whatever it is. But in general, can this be done in saturated markets? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it. you have to have your systems, your operations, your sales a little more on point, in my opinion. But just like successful wholesalers are wholesaling anywhere in the country is more anywhere in the country is more saturated than the most saturated land market in terms of wholesaling. Um, if you're wholesaling houses, um, and that the people who have their op, their operations are on point are who can be successful in those markets where there might be a couple more land investors. Um, so yeah, absolutely, this can be done anywhere. People are looking to liquidate their properties um, in any market. You just have to uh, be the person they choose, I guess, if there is a choice between multiple people. 
Yeah, and there are many, many people out there who literally stick to just a couple counties in an area their whole land career. So they do that by targeting them at different times, really. So remailing them at different times, texting them at different times, things like that, and doing it over and over again, reaching different buyers, doing different acreages, doing different you know niches within there. There are just so many opportunities when you get in it. And I think that's where you can really find out different ways to make money off land, Ron, is when saturation comes because then people start to look for different ways to do it. So it's like, if I could only buy and sell land in one county for the rest of my life, like I'm going to find so many different ways to buy and sell and do different things with land, Ron. It's going to open up the door to what's possible, I think, with land. And I think that's where a lot of the innovation comes from is from the saturation. We haven't seen a lot of that in land yet. People are typically just doing the straightforward buying and selling land. But as markets get more saturated, I feel like there's going to be, there's so many different ways to make money off land, Ron. And I wanted to get that point across. Yeah, I mean, our big strategy with what we do on at scale is buying land under market value. We buy at 30, 40% of market value. But like we always talk about, guys, if you can buy something 60, there's so much room between where we're buying and market value, where if we add some value to the land, like there's always going to be a way to make money in it. Um, it's like Daniel's saying is you might have to be a little more creative to make money. It might take a little longer. Um, not that we're anywhere close to that point, but there are markets um, from time to time that pop up that have too many land investors for one reason or another. Exactly. And I'm just thinking around, like if you just had one County, what are some of the things you would do if you're stuck with one County your whole life? I'm just thinking like, I'd probably, if I'm in one County my whole life, at some point, I'm probably going to put up a billboard or something of that nature, you know, get, just try different things, cold calling, do different acreages, try to figure out where people are not really buying big land for a lot of money, subdividing it up getting into different niches, rezoning, Ron. If you're in one county, I'd probably be rezoning a lot mm -hmm. and doing different entitlement type of things. I'm just trying to think of some things and ways that if you if a market was oversaturated, what you can do. But which leads me to the next point, Ron, going against the grain. Because right now the fact is a lot of people are stuck in different areas. Uh, primarily like the kind of like the Sun Belt, I feel like is really, really big for rural land right now, Ron. South Carolina, Georgia, that whole kind of, region i'd say has been saturated and you see the movements over time in land investing you see where people kind of go it used to be like four years ago around like tennessee was really hot california southern california arizona has always been there but there's like so many states up in these different areas that are up north around that just are very very rarely touched it seems like oh absolutely and uh yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. And there is great, great land down in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee. Um, but that being said, like, it's it's going to be harder harder to get deals. Like, that is just the truth. Um, you have to be on point, like I said earlier, with your operations, with your systems, with your sales, um, with your pricing. You cannot just throw offers out there. Like, the pricing has to be on point. Um, but that being said, there can still be deals. And there's so much land in between all these states we're talking about. And like we just talked about six states, five states. There's 45 other states where this can happen, where you can do this successfully. And like Daniel said at the beginning, 80% of the people trying to do this business are in these, mar in my opinion, are probably in these markets that we're talking about. The way we're doing it. And we're buying. So once you start getting into infill lots and things like that, buying and selling, flipping land, infill lots, like smaller properties. You'll get a ton in Florida. You'll get a lot. But there's so many small infill lots that the yeah. market's not nearly saturated now. It's just a whole different business model, in my opinion. But we're talking about like really 
two acres plus rural America, mainly five acres plus rural America is, is what we're talking about here for this, for the different saturation, Ron. And going against the grain is scary. We've done it a lot, Ron. Other people are doing it. Um, but it's just, I think it's, it's hard to do at first because it's a, it's an unpaved road. It's just not a path that's really there. It's not proven. So if a place isn't so like for someone new, they might say, Oh, I know X and Z, you know, Joe's buying and selling land in Georgia, Ron. So I know it can be done in Georgia. I just need to be able to do it. And I feel like that's a little sense of security too for someone versus let's say they go to Maine, right? And they can't, they don't know anyone up in Maine and they're looking to do Maine. It's an unpaved path. There aren't a lot of land investors up there. And I feel like that's kind of the scary part is because people fear the unknown and that's kind of what this topic's all about, Ron, is how it can be done in every market. It's not that different from market to market. And, you know, at the end of the day, their buyers and sellers were providing enough value to the market, Ron, where there's sellers that are going to want to sell in every single market if you do it right. Absolutely. And like you said, like there's people who are not, like it changes your whole operations, guys, to go to a new market. It really does in terms of finding new title companies, finding new realtors, droners. There's a lot of operations that go into changing markets, but there's also a lot of opportunity that comes with it. Um, so, I mean, it's like that uncomfortable. If you're successful in an area or partially successful in an area, there can be some holdback from going to an area that you're not familiar with. But that being said, like especially new people, I really push them to send 3,000 mailers to multiple markets, three, 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 and kind of do that. So you can kind of figure out you're going to be better in one area. You might understand an area a little better, whether it's in your local market, whatever it is. Um, but I really don't like when new land investors come in and hit the same market with 10,000 mailers their first two months. I think it gives them a lower chance of success, um, even though they will get deals. Um, they might get too attached to one area. And I think it kind of just hurts their growth. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. Like thinking of the pros and cons on the, like you said, the pros of going to a, going against the grain, going to a market where essentially land flippers are not present is there's virtually zero competition. So you're not going to send mail and the other, you know, the seller landowner is not going to get three pieces of mail at once. I think another, what that, kind of correlates to Ron is increased opportunities because of that fact, you know, there's not as many land investors. You can probably get more deals. Um, it's not always the case, but like if you, you can remail it easier, you can just work the County very, very well. We have people in the group, Ron, who are getting six to eight, like four five, six deals from one County in some of these unhit areas, Ron, which is really, really cool. But those people who are doing it are aggressive on the phones or following up with their leads. They're using a CRM system to keep track of everything, it seems like. So there's just increased opportunities in these less saturated markets for sure. Not saying there's not opportunities in the more saturated areas. There definitely are, Ron. But I think the con to, like I said, the con to going to a brand new market, Ron, is just it's an unpaved road. So it's just really risk and fear in their minds. And I definitely understand that. Yeah, for sure. And I've, I mean, we saw a deal today, Dan, in our weekly deep dive that is what most people would call is not a saturated area, but an area that is not, there are other people doing this and he's buying the deal for 20,000. He's going to sell it for like 80, $90,000. Um, in an area that like you would think there are some other land investors, you would think these sellers talk to some other people, but that's the thing guys, if you 
are in there's very few people and i really really mean this there are very few people doing it with their operations on point where they return calls to the sellers the same day where where they actually have the money to buy the land and they're not trying to wholesale it there are very very few people in any market doing it correctly and that's the thing yeah a lot of these people are getting are doing wholesale assignment contracts ron so the seller knows that they have 90 days to kind of back out and that's where land flip like we've taken so many deals from wholesaling contracts i feel like because just because they these people when you start listening to our sales calls ron ask are you actually buying the land with your money and they want to make sure we're actually buying the land so we're not finding someone else and just brokering a deal essentially and they like that because they know it's speed and it's going to get the deal closed and there's more uh there's a much 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 higher chance of it actually closing and they know that and i think like ron said in competitive markets you really just need to find ways to differentiate yourself if you are in those hot areas there are so still so many opportunities because most people aren't doing it right you know call back quickly like ron said build rapport follow through text mail do a hybrid neutral letters whatever it is do try different things just find find ways to stand out in those markets still very very possible a lot of money to be made in those what we call saturated markets but in general just find ways to different differentiate yourself ron yeah i mean it is like it's funny how people talk about it in land investing like they act like there's another land investor in their market and they can't do anything like that's what every single sales job in the history of sales jobs like there is competition to sales jobs like there is follow through there's all this stuff it is a when you're trying to acquire land it is a relationship thing like daniel was talking about like it is a sales even though you're acquiring something it is a sales position getting that land is sales um, so like there, there's no sales jobs where you have no competition. You got to beat out the competition. It's not necessarily just by offering more money. It's by offering better service. Um, following through with your word, it means so, so much to these sellers. So I, that's how you got to look at it. Instead of looking at like, there's two other people competing with me for this land, like just come, just compete with yourself and just be the, give the best service to the uh, seller. Yeah, certainly the deals will come if you do those things. You're always going to beat out competition by just providing more value and better service to those. That it will always come. And the fact that we're talking about two competitors in a market ruining the whole county is kind of funny. And it just shows how early on we are in this business model, Ron. Yeah, I mean, imagine a wholesale like wholesalers talking about this. Like, and there's there's hundreds of people in every single market where anyone wants a house, pretty much. Um, so yeah, it's just being consistent with this, guys. Uh, but like I said, I think real fast, Dan, before we end this, I want to talk about like, cause a lot of people like go to these areas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, around Atlanta, all these places where people think that's the only place in the country people want land or whatever it is. The reality is like rural America is very desirable right now. Um, even if you're not two hours within a main city. So I think a lot of people constantly ask, like, are there actually buyers out there, Dan? What do you kind of have to say to that? Yeah. And there's ways like there's ways that we find that on the front end too. Like we can look at how quick land selling, we can look at the days on market, we can look at all these things, but I, it, it always surprises me with where properties move fast and where they don't move fast. Like just because it's near a city, you know, I'm trying to think of a random city, just because it's near Birmingham, Alabama, or Atlanta, Georgia, doesn't mean it, the property's going to sell fast, right? What, like you gotta think of supply and demand and that, correlates to any market no matter no matter the size of the market if you have a short supply and a high demand whether it's a hundred people in an area or a hundred thousand people or a million people it all is the same ratio and that's all it really correlates to like it's always 
when I first started this business model, that was one of the things that really surprised me, Ron, was how much demand there is out there in rural America. And it all correlates to the supply. And that's why we, on the upfront round, we're doing our due diligence. We're making sure that 10 acre property is very nice. We're doing all of our work. We make sure it's desirable in that area before we buy it. But yeah, what I'm trying to say to sum it up, Ron, is really it just like supply and demand is a ratio. It doesn't correlate to the population of an area. Yeah, absolutely. You, you'll be surprised. Like just start looking on Zillow and scroll around and you'll see like five acres sold in the middle of nowhere in Missouri for $200,000. And like these prices, you'll, you'll be able to kind of see like as these prices, where prices are. And like, you'll be surprised by how much money a little amount of land is selling in the middle of what you would call is nowhere. There is desirability. Um, and but, uh, yeah, I don't, exactly. And sometimes in cities, you can get to like around cities, you can get really, really, really cheap land. You got in, in this might shock a lot of people that don't know land, but in general, land in cities, I'm not talking about the big metro cities, but land in what we call city limits is usually less less money, Ron, than land outside of the city limits. And it's because restrictions. And I that kind of it's interesting to think like, oh, you go outside the city limits and all of a sudden land shoots up 50, 60 percent, which sometimes it actually does. But yeah, like Ron said, you guys will be really surprised seeing land prices throughout. Like someone someone asked me the other day, Ron, they said, how are we because we had a real i think on how we're upping our numbers and they just asked are we just getting closer to the cities and the short answer is not really either upping the acreages or just going to more expensive areas which doesn't always correlate to just going closer to cities necessarily there are really 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 nice areas that are you know hour two hours away from some cities ron yeah without a doubt there's there's so many ways to up your numbers in terms of that um, but yeah, I mean, there's like, like we talked about this whole episode, guys, there's go against the grain. I think that's kind of the number one takeaway people should take from this episode. It's a lot of money to be made up there in a lot of untouched markets. I don't care what anybody says. I I send mail to these places and I get feedback from the sellers directly and they don't even know what we do. They've never seen a letter before. They don't know about the land business like this. It's, it's there, there are a lot of un, very, very untouched, if just very little touched places out there, Ron. Thank you for joining. If you guys have not, please leave us a review on Apple podcast. It really helps our business grow and we really, really appreciate it. But other than that, guys, thank you for joining and we'll see you next episode. Thanks guys.